0: I want to talk to you about not making them a horrible, horrible mistake. Are we going to be able to, uh, are we all set to display these uh, pictures I got? We're going to display those pictures. When I give you the name of the people, I want you to put them up. And then kill that light back there. I can kill it from here, I think, but I don't know which button to push. I may push a button, the whole light's all whole of I got this master control right in front of me here. But I never learned how to use it. I'm going to read while they're doing this, while they kill those lights in the back. Luke chapter 12, verse 15 through 21. If you have your Bibles, hope you do, hope you carry them. If you don't, you have a little red book, as opposed to the song book. There's a red book. It's the King James Bible in front of you. You can use it. If you don't have a Bible, you can take it home. It's yours. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 15 through 21, a well-traveled passage. I know, well-traveled, but I'm going to try to bring something out maybe I've never brought out before. As in my preaching time. And he said unto them, as Jesus' words, take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. I mean, that, that is so powerful. That sentence right there is so powerful that I literally could read that, we go home and we'd be better. You'd be better for coming. He spake a parable unto them to try to illustrate it. He said, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. He thought within himself, saying, what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, this guy said, this will I do. I will put down, my, put down, pull down my barns, build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? And then the conclusion statement is in verse 21 So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. That's the key statement, that's our text statement, that's our phrase statement. God doesn't when God blesses you with financial blessing, he doesn't condemn you having it. He condemns you when you're not rich towards God. That's what the, the condemnation was not the guy got blessed and had his crops grow and he had the condemnation is the guy had all that and he wasn't rich towards God. He, he made a horrible mistake, a misjudgment. I would like to show you some pictures of some people you have known through the years, who were not rich towards God. As far as I know, these people were not rich towards God. Now you say, well I heard a rumor that they got saved just before they died or they did this just before they died. That could be, but I don't know about it. So I'm just do- I'm going on what I know about these individuals. Let's put the first picture up there. Oh, so up there. You know her, right? Now you young people don't know her. 20-somethings have seen pictures of her, but you don't know her. Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe, her biggest, the biggest horror in her life was that she was beautiful. That was not an asset to her. That was a liability. Now, it could have been an asset to her had she been rich towards God. But as far as we know, Marilyn Monroe, in her life and in her death, were not rich towards God and had to face God with that problem. Let's give the uh, next one there. This is called the Rat Pack. Now, again, you 20-somethings have only seen pictures of these people, but I've actually seen them. Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Jerry Lewis, and Sammy Davis Jr. These people, from what I understand, were had a lot of things given to him, like this guy in a parable, but they were not rich towards God. Give us the next one. The king. The king. The king, maybe more than the rest of them, had an opportunity to know the gospel and God and Christ and the Bible. He had a mother that was a believer, I believe, possibly. I've been to his house. Into his grave. Elvis Presley. Maybe the most famous man in the last hundred years would be Elvis Presley. You almost cannot go anywhere in the world without people knowing who Elvis Presley uh, at least that time was. He died about, I think, 42 years old. Let's get the next one up there. This guy was a comedian. Spending his life making people laugh. Make him him jovial, happy. He had a tremendous memory, tremendous amount of gifts, and hung himself. I think about 50-some, maybe maybe 60. I don't quite know his age, but he didn't end well. He was not rich towards God. How about the next one? This guy, I mention him often as Michelle Jackson because we're not sure where he was on some of his... uh, Sexual preferences. Well, I do know where he was because I heard him say it. And uh, I can tell you he had a lot of money, a lot of gifts. His his barns were big. He built bigger. But he was not rich towards God. Let's do the next one. This guy, Purple Rain, was he was most well-known for. A guitar player, a rock star. Now, you older people may not know who these people are. But you younger people will know who they are, Prince. Musically talented, a lot of directions, wrote music, rock and roll mostly, of course. And he died, I think it was in his elevator at his house, alone. I believe he was 52 years old. Do the next one. Maybe everybody knows who this guy was, John Lennon. Now, these are people, by the way, just like you, just like me. They had a mom, they had a dad. They had, they had uh, life, they, they looked at sunsets, they looked at sunrises, they breathed, they ate food, they went around, moved around like you do, they wondered about what was going to happen to them in the future. They had dreams and aspirations. Some of them had children, some of them didn't. They're very similar. Humans are pretty similar to each other in a lot of the experience we have called life. But this man here was not rich. George got a guy on the way home one night. A guy stepped out and shot him four or five times, killed him. I think he was around 50. Uh, let's go to the next one. Another band member, George Harrison. Uh, George Harrison got a, got a, a, a contracted cancer. He wasn't very old. He got cancer. No matter how much money he had, no matter how big his barns were, God took him home. I say he took him home. God takes everybody home. God, is the, God has the power of life and death. Let's go to the next one. This guy now, you, you definitely, you older people know him, but you younger people would not know him. He died 27 years old. There was a, what they call the 27-year-old club among rockers. For some reason, a lot of rock and roll people died at 27 years old. It's so phenomenal that there's a, what they call the 27 club. There's so many of them have died at 27. There's something about 27. Don't know what it is. Don't know what God had in mind on all that. But Jim Morrison had the world in the palm of his hand. 27-year-old died. Was not rich towards God. Give me the next one. He's another 27-year-old club. Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix was uh, world famous. Been been, uh, touted as the best guitar player to ever play lead guitar as far as the world's concerned. Had his barn full. Had a whole life out in front of him. He was, he was extremely famous at 27 when he died. Died of an overdose and didn't, couldn't sleep, took an overdose, uh, took too much sleep, and aspirated, I think they call it, threw up and breathed his own vomit and suffocated to death, 27 years old. Go to the next guy. You're gonna be surprised by this guy. Now, both young and old know this guy. I remember when he got on TV. Where I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I used to be part of the Mickey Mouse Club. Used to be part of a Nat Funicello admirer. Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. Forever, ever, raise a banner. Hi, 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 hi. M-I-C. See you later. K-Y-Y. Because we like you. M-O-U-S-E. You young people go, you guys are crazy. I... Watched his life story, about a 30-minute movie on his life story, went bankrupt three times, two times or three times. Um, I've been to his hometown where he was raised in Missouri and went to the tree where he invented the character of Mickey Mouse based on mice that were there and Donald Duck based on duck because he was on a farm. He was was told to take care of his three-year-old daughter and he was bored to death. So he came up with these little stories for her, this Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and he was quite imaginative and came up with this Mickey Mouse Donald Duck story for his little three-year-old sister, and it went and took eventually took off, and he wrote the stuff. Now, now, now uh, he smoked the whole time. He didn't think it would bother him. Back then, people didn't. But at 72 years old, contracted lung cancer and died. As far as we know, any research I've been able to do, he was not born from above. He was not rich towards God will do the next one. This guy. This guy is the inventor pretty much of Apple. Apple phones, Apple computers. He's real smart when it came to marketing. He was pretty smart about computers, but he was real smart about marketing. And no matter how big his barns were, no matter how full they were, because when he died, they were full. He couldn't stop it. And he died, I think, of pancreatic cancer. Thin, bone thin. As far as I know, any research I've done, he was not rich towards God. And so I think this is enough. You can take that down. I think it's enough. I don't think we need to show any more of those. But I ask you the question, and I'm trying to do an impact here with these pictures. What mattered in these people's lives? What mattered? Well, I got some statements I want to make here. First of all, what they did with Jesus Christ mattered. There is no neutral with the Lord Jesus. You either believe with all your heart that he is Christ, the Son of living God, sent by God, virgin-born, sinless Son of God, sent to take our sins upon Himself on Calvary, was crucified, buried in the third day, God the Father, and He sealed the deal with the resurrection. Of all the people who claim to be the Christ, He's the one. He now is on the right hand of the Father making intercession for them. He 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 told His disciples, apostles, I want you to carry this message of that I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God, and to be saved and to be in heaven, you need to repent of your sins and trust in the Lord Jesus as your Savior. Now, I'm not telling you exactly the sentence you've got to use to do that, but you need to believe with all your heart. I know that. I'll be be more on that in a minute. So you can believe in him actively or you can reject him passively. In other words, you can ignore Jesus, pretend he's not there, but as far as God's concerned, there is no neutral about Jesus. John 3, 18 says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Only begotten means absolutely unique. Nobody was like Jesus before him. Nobody's like Jesus after him. He is a unique Son of God. Given so that you could be saved and have access to heaven and all the riches of God someday because with your sin and the sins that you've committed you say against what sin is a transgression of the law according to first john three four what is sin it's a transgression of the law what law god's law i don't even know god's law that doesn't mean you haven't broken it see being ignorant is no excuse have you ever heard that well i've heard that for years you know when you get stopped by a policeman we have a policeman with us here if he stops you on sanibel you're running 90 down the boulevard there you pull the guy over And you say, uh, man, you're running 90 miles an hour. I didn't see a sign. There was a palm tree in front of her. He doesn't give you much mercy. He says, well, you know, ignorance of the law is no excuse. You're supposed to know what the speed limit is before you run 90-mile-an-hour down this uh, 35-mile-an-hour road or 25-mile-an-hour road. In other words, and when you get before God, it's not going to get you very far to get before God and say, well, you know, I never had hardly anybody tell me about Jesus or I didn't go to church very much. Well, how many churches did you pass in your lifetime that had the gospel? How many programs did you surf by that would have preached the gospel but you didn't want to hear it? How many gospel tracts did you receive in various places and various ways on your car and your goods but you didn't care about them. In fact, you got mad and wrote to church told them not to do it anymore which I just got a letter this week. I appreciate people writing me. If you stay undecided about the Lord Jesus Christ, you are going to lose everything. Because with, with God, an undecided vote is a no vote. I, I, we do this on our ballots. If you want to elect Tom Gillespie as a deacon, you, he, gets, uh, he needs to get 75% of the voting people to say yes. The other 25% could not even answer. Maybe only, maybe only 75% voted for you, but if they all voted yes, you'd be a deacon. But we don't even know what the other 25% because neutral is a no on our voting system. We use that kind of like this you got to have 75 people say, yes, we want Tom Gillespie as a deacon, of gospel Baptist church, or 75%. Uh, Imagine with me a voting sheet, a heavenly voting sheet. You can vote for Jesus on this voting sheet. You can vote for Jesus Christ as the son of the living God who died for your sins, was raised again the third day from the grave. You have a choice. God's given you a choice while you're alive and while you're breathing and while you're here. You have a choice. You have freedom of will. By the way, that's part of being an image of God, volition, free volition. And so you can vote yes. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God with all my heart. Or you can vote no. But there's another decision. You can just say, I don't want to vote. I don't want to vote. I don't want to make the decision, but God says you have to make the decision before you die one way or another. You must vote. And death will seal your ability to vote because there'll be no more freedom of choice after death. I feel so bad for people who commit suicide, which was a lot of these people. By the way, of that group, you wouldn't think any of them would have killed themselves. Now think about it. Of that group that I showed there, you wouldn't think any of them, would have killed themselves. You got to be pretty desperate, pretty despondent, pretty depressed to kill yourself. You got to be out of your mind. They thought somehow killing themselves was going to be an advantage or an a betterment of their life. You mean life was so bad that they thought death was better? The problem is they thought death was somehow going to deliver them. That was a lie that they believed. And all it did was seal their fate with God. As soon as they went over to the other side, they didn't have a choice of where they went, what clothes they wore, and what happened to them. No more choice. You're going to do what God wants you to do. That will finalize your eternal decision with God. There cannot be a more sobering, more serious message for me to preach to you today, whether it be over the web or here, than what I'm talking to you about right now. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21-23 says, Not everyone, Jesus' word, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. There's a lot of people that talk a lot about Jesus. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils in thy name? Have we not done many wonderful works? Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. The word iniquity means self-willed. You did what, you, you did your thing. The word can be interpreted lawless. Remember, sin is what? First John 3, 4. Sin is a transgression of the law. That's in your memory cards. Sin's transgression of the law. Well, I didn't know the law, but you were responsible, as our brother would, would tell you, you were responsible to know the law. You don't get a driver's license without reading a manual, taking a test, knowing the law. Now, if it's important to have that happen driving a car, how much more important is it living this life that we know what God expects of us? Where's that found, preacher? In the Bible. Ten Commandments, good place to start. What's the law do? Reading the Old Testament shows me how I violated the law. Man, you read through the Old Testament, you go, you come out of that thing going, man, I am bad. I violated the law so many different ways. What's that do? It drives you to your knees. It drives you to Jesus because I cannot reform myself back to God. I can't undo one evil thing I've ever done. I cannot undo it. How do I get help? I go to Jesus who he died on that old rugged cross and paid for my sin and satisfied the justice of Almighty God for all the sins that ever been committed. And he, in his mercy now, offers me absolute and total forgiveness by his grace. If I will simply believe that it's true with all my heart. And I'm getting, I'm gonna get to that. Luke chapter 13, verse 26, 28, parallel passage here, it says, Then shall they begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, is Jesus' words, and thou hast taught us in our streets. Being around Christians will not save you. They said, look, we've eaten and drunk with, in your presence, Lord Jesus. We, you, we're, you've taught in our, our streets. And it's not going to help them. He said, but, ye shall, but, but he shall say, I tell you, I knew you not whence you are. Depart from me, all ye that work iniquity. Now look what's going to happen when he says that. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. Can I say this in all kindness? Making a Christmas album is not enough to get you to heaven. Making a Christmas album is not enough to give. I had people come to me and say, I know Elvis is saved. I know he was saved. I said, How do you know? He said, Because he made a Christmas album. Well, a preacher, and they, they they aren't kind to me. They say, He's reached more people for Christ than you ever will dream about reaching. I said, I didn't know being saved was on how many people you told about Jesus. I gonna go before God and say, I told this many people about Jesus. Do I get to go to heaven? That's trying to enter heaven by works but you enter heaven by grace, right? Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you go tell everybody about about Jesus and you get rewarded when you get to go to heaven, but you don't get to go to heaven except by faith, by the grace of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. You better start where the beginning's at. They say, well, he did this, he did that, he did this, he did that. Now look, I'm not these people's final... I am not these people's final judge on whether they're in, whether they're in eternity or not. I'm not. I can just tell you by everything we've read, everything we've looked at, everything they did and everything that was recorded, I would say anybody that I showed you up there today made a horrible mistake in Miss Jesus. I hope I'm wrong. All I can say, I hope I'm wrong. Hanging around Christians and using a Christian vocabulary, and we have our vocabulary. We have a Christian vocabulary. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The world don't go around saying that. They look at you like you're some freak when you go to say that. But we Christians get around and say, Hallelujah, brother. I read the You know, we got our little vocabulary. Having a Christian vocabulary is not going to get you to heaven. Being a, good, being a, good, a, a, a member in good standing in a local church or denomination, is not enough to get you to heaven. Uh, being baptized is not enough to get you to, in heaven. Professing, only professing faith in the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart is enough. Uh, uh, professing faith but contradicting it with the vast majority of your life is not enough either to get you into heaven. Your faith in Christ must be real. It must be sincere. It must be with all your heart. Romans 10, 9, verse you know about. Uh, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God is raising from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's not me, that's the Bible. Acts chapter 8, verse 37, says it this way. Philip said, if thou, he's talking to the uh, Ethiopian eunuch here. He says, if thou believest, with all thine heart. Because Ethiopian says, man, what's preventing me from getting baptized? I believe Jesus is the Christ. I believe he's the Messiah. He says, oh, okay. Where's some water? They found some water. And he he says, what's preventing? He says, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's what it takes. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So let me t- return real quickly, if you would, in your Bibles to our text. Let me point out a couple things about it now that we've talked about all that. Luke chapter 12, 15-21. Take heed and beware of covetous, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. There is a contest going on, the world versus the kingdom of God. The world... Versus the kingdom of God. There's a contest going on. And he, he spake a parable and said, and On the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. I have in my notes here, visible blessing does not mean God's blessing. And he said he thought within himself, I have no more room to sow my fruits, and I will pull down my barns greater and build more and everything. And I, I said to my soul, you laid much goods up for many years, take that easy, drink, be merry. Assumptions without the power to keep it. That's what he made. He made an assumption, made a few assumptions. First of all, he made an assumption he was going to live long enough to enjoy what he had. And Jesus said, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. And then kind of brought an extra point up. By the way, whose things will those be whom you leave? I put in my notes here, you're leaving everything. My dad, there are certain sacred things about my dad that we never touched as children. Any food in the refrigerator that had a black X on it, you didn't eat that or you got, you got whipped like you don't believe. <laughs> and his wallet. You didn't, you didn't mess with my dad's wallet. He had a $5 bill from Hawaii before it was a state. He had his Marine Corps stuff in there, and he had some other stuff. I don't know, we eventually. But when he died, he was in his hospice, and I was, I was there, he took his wallet out, Shake, his hand was shaking, and he gave me his wallet. And I looked through it. I always wondered what was in that wallet. But I thought to myself, it's fulfilling the Bible. You're not taking your stuff with you. China, which was your great-grandmother's, they'll give that to Goodwill. Because girls today, they don't care about China. They want paper plates, paper cups, so they don't have to do dishes. I warm up to you girls, don't I? Well, let me say this, I'm done. Most people want to be rich in this world. If you took a hundred people, you lined them up and said, "Would you like to be rich?" They would say, "Well, it's a whole lot better being rich than poor. So I'd rather be rich. The people who pictured behind me were all rich. They were all famous. They were all praised. Wherever they went, people recognized them. How would you like to go in to one of my favorite restaurants, Five Guys, and go into Five Guys and have everybody go, we light tails in the restaurant. Can you believe that? And they run out to you with a piece of paper. Would you sign my cell phone or would you sign my, And we oh, 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 I can't believe it. I can't believe Bill Lightchills in the restaurant and telling their friends like, "Ah, that's Bill That's Really, can I get my picture?" Nobody asked to get a picture with me. These people were so famous that they walked in places people paid attention. What's that do for your ego? Anything they saw, they could buy it. Give me that Lamborghini. Give me that Ferrari. Give me that Volkswagen. No, well, they didn't buy Volkswagen. They wouldn't be caught dead in a Volkswagen. They were popular, but they were poor towards God. They were rich toward themselves. They were rich in this world, no doubt. But they laid out their treasure in a bag with holes in it. They put their treasure in a place where the thieves could get to it. They put their treasure in a rusty, corruptible container. And they lost all of it. The question I ask you before I close here is, Will you be like them? Or will you be rich towards God? And you say, How do you. We're talking about giving something. No, we're not talking about giving. We're not talking about tithes. We're not talking about offering. We're talking about your faith, your little bit of faith in God's only Son who gave Himself. Nothing more God could do but to give himself for your sins and my sins. He wants you in heaven so badly. He wants you forgiven so much that he placed his only begotten son on that old cross and didn't intervene when they were whipping him and mocking him and calling him all kinds of names and said, you healed others, you can't heal yourself. Come down from the cross, we'll believe. The Father was watching that whole time. No wonder Jesus said when the Roman soldiers were so mean to him, Father, forgive them for they know what they do, know not what they do. Maybe the old angel that they couldn't see had just started taking his sword out of his sheath to slay them Roman soldiers because they were touching his creator. Don't end up. Don't end up like one of these folks. Or when your picture's put up, the average crowd would say, there really wasn't any testimony that they were rich towards God. There's no real testimony that they knew Christ as their personal savior. Now, some of them verbally profess Christ, but then their life denied it. I know you're not saved by works, but if you're saved, it works. See, you can't quote Ephesians 2 8 and 9 to me without quoting verse 10. We're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Yes, we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves a gift of God, not any, not of works that any man should boast. Absolutely. But we're also created unto good works. So what I'm saying is, when you say you're saved, but your life contradicts it by, your, by all the violations that you continue to go on with your iniquity, aren't you one of those people in Matthew 7, 21 to 23, that he says, you workers of iniquity, depart from me. I knew, I didn't know. See, it's not whether you know Jesus; it's whether He knows you. And the word "know" there is not to know, not to know mentally or intellectually. It's to know, as a husband knows his wife. It's, it's to know as a oneness together. That's why it's with the heart, not the head. It's not intellectually knowing Jesus; it's really knowing Him, whom to know is life everlasting to walk with him and talk with him and have him tell you that you're his own. It's a beautiful thing. It's a relationship. The turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Don't be one of them. Don't make that mistake. Father, we pray that in the name of Jesus, we and I have done my best at trying to encourage these people before they die to choose Jesus. Father, we know that you're not willing that any should perish, so you're here. We know that the Holy Spirit's here. The Word of God is here. Everything's here for life to happen this morning. Maybe there are some people in this room that have not made a decision for Christ. They've been neutral. They've been maybe ignoring it, but that's a no vote. They don't know how long they're going to live. They may, like this rich man, make the false assumption that he's going to live a long time, but they're maybe they're, maybe they're going to leave here. Some 90-year-old that should have had his license revoked is going to whack him and kill him. You don't know. Maybe a little capillary in your cerebral cortex is going to break. I know one thing, before it's all over, you're going to die. And face God. I hope you're rich towards God today. And know Christ is your Savior. And then live for Him and serve Him. Put Him number one in your life. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. He'll take care of you. Help us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's- if you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285.